0: let us now read together what we confess in the Heidelberg Catechism in Lord's Day 18. There we find God's word summarized as follows. What do you confess when you say he ascended into heaven? That Christ before the eyes of his disciples was taken up from the earth into heaven. And that he is there for our benefit until he comes again to judge the living and the dead. Is Christ then not with us until the end of the world as he has promised? Christ is true man and true God. With respect to his human nature, he is no longer on earth. But with respect to his divinity, majesty, grace, and spirit, he is is never absent from us. But are the two natures in Christ not separated from each other? If his human nature is not present wherever his divinity is? Not at all, for his divinity has no limits and is present everywhere. So it must follow that his divinity is indeed beyond the human nature which he has taken on and nevertheless is within this human nature and remains personally united with it. How does Christ's ascension into heaven benefit us? First, he is our advocate in heaven before his Father. Second, we have our flesh in heaven as a sure pledge that he, our head, will also take us, his members, up to himself. Third, he sends us his spirit as a counter pledge by whose power we seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God and not the things that are on earth. After the sermon, we will sing together from Psalm 68, the stances 2 and 12. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, when we think of the ascension of the Lord Jesus, then we think of him going through space. We think of him being lifted up from the earth, somewhat like a spaceship, and as he goes through the clouds, he goes higher and higher until he ends up in that place that we call heaven where God dwells. But he doesn't need a rocket or a space suit in order to be able to do that, for he is God. But is that what really happened? Is that also the image you have with regard to his ascension? Well, brothers and sisters, The truth is that we don't know. The disciples could only see him go up for a few moments, for as we read in Acts 1, a cloud hid him from their sight. The disciples kept looking intently into the sky, but they couldn't see anything anymore. The Lord Jesus was hidden behind that cloud. Perhaps you think that's too bad. It's too bad that that cloud appeared just at that time and that the disciples could not watch him go higher and higher and higher just like we would when a spaceship is launched and we can watch that spaceship slowly disappear from our sight. But have you ever thought about what the purpose of that cloud is? Do you think that that cloud came there just by chance? just as the Lord Jesus was ascending. Was that cloud just an ordinary cloud, just like all the other clouds in the sky? Well, no doubt that cloud would have looked like any other cloud in the sky. And yet there is something very special about that cloud that appeared at the time of the ascension of the Lord Jesus. As we will see, that cloud assures us of God's presence here on earth. And that's also the theme for this afternoon's worship service. You will see that the cloud of the ascension guarantees God's presence. Let me state that once again. The cloud of the ascension guarantees God's presence. The Catechism says that Christ before the eyes of his disciples was taken up from earth into heaven. That's clearly scriptural. We just read that ourselves in Acts 1. There are two other passages in Scripture where his ascension is described. In Mark 16, verse 19, we read, After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. And in Luke 24, verse 50 and 51, we read, When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. These are very sober renditions. No further details were given. The Lord God did not deem it necessary for us to know exactly what took place at the ascension. Whatever happened behind that cloud or in that cloud is a secret. And it is not possible for us to know that at this time either, for because of sin at the present time, heaven and earth are separated from one another. We are now limited in our understanding. but it is important for us to know that Christ rose bodily into heaven, and that the Lord and that the Father in heaven welcomed the Lord Jesus, body and all with open arms. This time he did not welcome him like the father in the parable who welcomed the lost son because he had repented and had come into better insight. No, he welcomed the Lord Jesus because his task on earth was done. There was great rejoicing in heaven. The Lord Jesus had come home. He was once again with his father in heaven. Now, at this point, the disciples still didn't understand the mission of the Lord Jesus. At first, they had been disappointed when he was nailed to a cross and subsequently put into the grave. They thought that the Lord Jesus was going to establish God's kingdom here on earth. And now he is gone. And they thought that was the end. Was his mission a failure? Did they believe in him for nothing? They didn't quite know what to make of it. But then the Lord Jesus rose from the dead. For 40 days they ate with him and they spoke with him. It was just like before, or perhaps even better than before. He had conquered death. They have hope again. But they were still confused. That is clear from what they said just before his ascension. For they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? The disciples still had an earthly perspective. They were still looking for an earthly king. And then suddenly the Lord Jesus was once again taken away from them. He ascends into heaven. And no doubt they are still confused at this point. The one moment he is with them and then suddenly he is gone again. What is it all about? How can he go away? Well, they don't fully understand this until Pentecost. It is then that they recall the words of the Lord Jesus, the words of the Lord Jesus that he spoke to them, for example, as recorded in John 14, verse 28 and 29. He said to them, You heard me say I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I've told you now before it happened, so that when it does happen, you will believe." But at this point, they still didn't fully understand. However, that cloud should have been a clue to them. For the appearance of a cloud in salvation events has special significance with regard to the presence of God. Let me give you some examples. When the people of Israel came into the desert, they were like lost sheep, exposed to all kinds of dangers. It was unfamiliar territory. They were vulnerable. But then what does the Lord God do? Well, we read in Exodus 13, verse 21, that by day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And that cloud was always present When they saw that cloud going on ahead of them, they knew that the Lord God was with them and that he was guiding them. They don't have to be afraid. That cloud was a sign, a sure sign of God's presence. We also read about a cloud on Mount Sinai in Exodus 19. The Lord God had commanded Moses to come up to the mountain so that he could speak to him. And then the Lord God said to Moses, I'm going to come to you in a dense cloud so that the people will hear me speaking with you and will always put their trust in you. Verse 9. And further we read that Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. Verse 18. The Almighty Lord God, the creator of heaven and earth, made his presence known here on earth in that cloud. You cannot see him, but you know he is there. He is in that cloud. He is the almighty God who hides himself in the cloud and who makes a covenant with his people. And why does he do that? Because he wants to show how much he cares about them and how dearly he wants to be near to them. Later on, the Lord God also wants to make his presence known in the cloud above the tabernacle of the tent of meeting. We read about that in Exodus 40. First, he gives all kinds of instructions about exactly how that tabernacle had to be made and what it had to contain. And then once that work is done, the tabernacle is erected. But then the high point is reached when the Lord God made his presence known in the cloud. It says in Exodus 40, verse 34 and 35, that a cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Again, we see that God is in that cloud and therefore also his glory is present. We also read from Matthew 17. And there also the cloud of God's presence is mentioned. The Lord Jesus took Peter, James and John, the brother of James, with him on a high mountain. And on that mountain, the Lord Jesus was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. And then suddenly Moses and Elijah appear and talk with Jesus. As they were talking together, a cloud enveloped them. And a voice from the cloud is heard. It is the voice of God. He says, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. As they hear the voice of God, the disciples become very frightened, and they fall face down on the ground. Why? They realize God is among them. However, they do not have to be afraid. The Lord Jesus is still with them. The cloud is gone, and Elijah and Moses are gone, but Jesus is still among them. The exact same thing does not happen on Ascension Day then they also see the cloud. But the Lord Jesus disappears into that cloud. He is no longer among them. As I said, we do not know exactly what happened in that cloud, but we do know that at that moment, He took on all the glory that He had with His Father in heaven before He descended. And it is impossible for man to see God in all His glory As the scriptures say, it is impossible to see God and live. But that doesn't mean that now he is no longer among us. The very cloud is the cloud of God's presence. That cloud indicates that God is with us even right now. And you see, that is what ascension is all about. Although Jesus rose into heaven, he is still among us today. And that is also exactly what we confess in the Heidelberg Catechism. We read there in answer 47 that with respect to his human nature, he is no longer on earth. But with respect to his divinity, majesty, grace, and spirit, he is never absent from us. That is exactly what the Lord Jesus promised to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. He told them that even though he is going away, he will nevertheless be coming back to them. And these were also the last words that he spoke to his disciples as we read in Matthew 28. As he ascended on high with his arms outstretched in the blessing, he said, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age catechism says first of all that he is among us with regard to his divinity. It's very important that we confess that correctly. Question and answer 47 and 48 were written especially with the Lutherans in mind. They confessed something different. According to the Lutherans the Lord Jesus at the time of his ascension assumed divine characteristics with respect to his human nature. They say that at that time his human nature became divine. At that point he no longer had the same human nature as we have. They had to come to that formulation because of their doctrine regarding the Lord's Supper. Although they denied the Roman Catholic doctrine that the bread and the wine changed into the body and blood of Christ, they nevertheless still combine cross human, Christ's human nature with his divine nature. They say that Christ is indeed physically present in the bread and the wine. For according to them, you cannot separate his divine nature from his human nature. They are always together everywhere. Although the bread remains bread and the wine remains wine, nevertheless Christ is physically present. Just like fire is present in a red-hot iron, so Christ is present in the elements of the Lord's Supper. Our catechism denies that. He remains what he was, a real human being. And that's a good thing. For what else does the catechism teach us? We read in answer 49 that because Christ is bodily in heaven, we have our flesh in heaven that human flesh that is now present in heaven is a sure pledge that we will also be taken up to him up to heaven for the lord jesus fulfilled the law in a human body and that human body that is now in heaven is proof that our sins have been paid for has proved that Christ has done everything for us that God required because of our sins. And therefore, he can also be our advocate. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, God is with us. He is present here right now. He is our Emmanuel. Oh, sure, you cannot see him, but it doesn't mean that he isn't here. And that is why he gave you his word. God is speaking to you right now through his word. Do you hear his voice? It is that same voice that spoke out of the cloud on Mount Sinai and that spoke out of the cloud on the mountain of transfiguration. God's presence is real. It also says in the Catechism that he is present with us with regard to his majesty. When we think of the majesty of God and we think of God's royal presence he is king over all creation he rules oh sure at the present time the prince of this world is satan however satan is on a leash he can only do so much and no less he is totally within the power of god the disciples wanted to have an earthly kingdom established But that's not why the Lord Jesus came. He came in order to establish God's rule over all things over the whole world. And the Lord Jesus Christ is now seated on his throne at the right hand of the Father. He is king. And he provides for those who belong to his kingdom, to his obedient citizens. When we think of God's majesty, we can also think of his glory. A king lives in an opulent palace. He is surrounded by beautiful things. He has wonderful clothes that make him stand out. He rides in a glittering carriage. That is what an earthly king is like. But now think about God as king. We cannot even begin to imagine the glory and the majesty that surrounds him and that belongs to him. It is absolutely magnificent. Oh sure, right now it is still mostly hidden behind the clouds, But nevertheless, we can have a glimpse of His glory now already. Look at creation all around you. Isn't it beautiful? Do you ever take time out to enjoy nature? You see the glory of God everywhere. You can see Him right now. And that's only an inkling of the glory that we will experience in the life hereafter. God gives us a glimpse of His glory now so that we can have that vision of God on His throne. And then the Catechism says that with respect to his grace, he is never absent from us either. The word grace is a very rich theological term. God's grace has to do with his mercy and compassion. It has to do with his loving kindness. It has to do with with the fact that God is favorably inclined towards us, with the fact that his face shines upon us. He looks favorably favorably upon us in spite of our sins. And that grace is shown especially through the Lord Jesus Christ who died for our sins but who rose again on the third day and who then ascended into heaven but who never left us alone. We can experience God's grace every day. The very fact that you are alive is due to God's grace. You can experience God's grace whenever you are depressed or melancholy. You can experience God's grace in the midst of the trouble that you may encounter here in this world because of sin and because of the effects of sin. God's grace is always with you. And that grace is with you now only because of the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ, because God hands out His gifts. From there. And then finally the Catechism says that he is with us always with regard to his spirit. In John 16 the Lord Jesus said to his disciples that he is going to go to him who sent him. And he says to them because I said these things you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away the counselor will not come to you. But if I go I will send him to you. The word used here is the Greek word paraclete. It's hard to translate. Often the word is also rendered as comforter. The Holy Spirit is not only our counselor, he is our comforter because he comforts you. In answer 49, God's Spirit is referred to as a counter-pledge. As we also saw last Sunday, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ is the pledge. It is the pledge that God will also prepare a place for us. For he has his flesh in heaven as a guarantee that God will also allow us to come where he is. The doors stand wide open, not only for the Lord Jesus, but also for all those who belong to him. And as I said at that time as well, that pledge is like a wedding ring. The husband gives something of himself to his wife, and the wife to her husband to indicate that the promises that they make to each other on their wedding day are genuine. Well, we have our flesh in heaven. And that's something that belongs to us. That flesh is now with God in heaven. But now God also sends us something as his pledge. He sends us his Holy Spirit. God's Spirit may now dwell in us bodily, Because now we are temples of the Holy Spirit. And it is because of God's Spirit that you are here in this church building today. And it is because of God's Spirit that you know that you are a child of God. That is God's witness in your heart. And that Holy Spirit of God was given to you only because the Lord Jesus Christ ascended into heaven. If he did not take our flesh with him into heaven, he would not have been able to send us his spirit. And without God's Holy Spirit, the works of the Lord Jesus Christ could not be imputed, could not be applied to us. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, right now there is still a cloud between God and us. There are a lot of things that we can't see and that we don't know. But there are a lot of things that we do know, the most important things we do know. For we know that God is with us always. Doesn't that make you glad? Don't doubt. Think about that every time you see a cloud. Be reminded of God's presence and give thanks to him for being near to you. Give thanks in word and deed and praise his name. Amen.